The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome into another Trends and Reactions with me, Nate Henry. A lot of surprising teams won in Week 9, but not a lot of fantasy insights to find in Week 9. So let's try and wade through this mundane or establish and find some gems to move forward. Quick reminder to like and subscribe and follow me on Twitter at NateHenryFF. Let's go. Jets versus Colts. In hindsight, we really probably should have all seen the Michael Pittman breakout coming. No second-year wide receivers or fantasy gold mines, and basically all the arguments made for Brandon Ayuk equally applied to Michael Pittman, with the exception that Pittman isn't tied to an egomaniac who spends eight weeks punishing one of his most talented players to make a point, I guess. Pittman's great. Wentz looks solid. Just something to note for next year. Also, I tried to tell you last week that Elijah Moore was trending towards a breakout. Corey Davis remained out of the lineup. So that may have had some impact on Moore's output. And Moore still only played about 60% of the snaps. But, man, he's electric when he gets given the opportunity. Raiders versus Giants. I called Devontae Booker an average talent a few weeks ago. I said to keep starting him while Barkley was out simply due to volume. But he's kind of come into his own lately. I mean, 21 carries and three targets. It's fantastic production from a guy you likely got for free on the waiver wire. The Giants go to a bye next week, and Saquon's likely to return from the injury after the bye. But man, it's hard to drop this guy. Saquon seems to have the injury bug, and Booker looked great as a fill-in lately. Handcuffs like this are so, so valuable at this time of year. By now, you probably have a pretty clear pecking order on your team. You know who you're starting, who you're not. So if you can hold him through the bye, I think I would. But I understand if you have to drop him, and maybe you can pick him back up after uh, the bye because people aren't likely to fight over him during the bye week. Falcons versus Saints. Adam Troutman was a tight end I liked a lot in the preseason, but he basically did nothing for the first half of the season. In this game, though, it seemed like the Saints started to design plays for him. He lined up as a wide receiver a few times and got seven targets. Maybe the quarterback change is good for him. If you're desperate for a tight end or you're in a tight end premium league, I would add him. Then again, this could all be moot with Taysom likely to become quarterback again. Still, something to monitor, and if you can, you got the spot, Adam. Bills versus Jaguars. This one was a shocker because the Bills' offense had been so good. Josh Allen was just not well protected. He got sacked four times, and he turned the ball over three times, which explains the low offensive output and the eventual loss. Allen is feeling the raw end of the regression pretty hard right now, and the NFL defenses aren't letting Stefan Diggs beat them. They're perfectly happy to give Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders a combined 19 targets. There's no doubt that 
Dawson Knox was growing into a larger role and an important one for this passing game because he was kind of a deep threat. I think Allen's going to be fine and he'll be better once Knox returns. Browns versus Bengals. All right, Odell Beckham Jr. is out of the picture and the resultant pecking order was about what we expected. Due to strong defensive play and a defensive touchdown, Jarvis Landry's routes look low. Uh, he only had 19 routes on 32 total snaps. This is partially because Cleveland's offense didn't run a high number of plays due to the defensive touchdown and actually two home run touchdowns by the offense, which both went over 60 yards. That led to short drives and just not as many plays. Landry still led the team in routes, targets, and snaps, but Donovan Peoples-Jones was really not far behind. Peoples-Jones had a bigger day with the 60-yard passing touchdown, DBJ is interesting, but this offense will cap all passing game options. Still, someone worth rostering if he remains this home run threat. Patriots versus Panthers. Sam Darnold looked awful again, and the return of Christian McCaffrey did nothing to alleviate this pain. Patriots defense is solid, but the Panthers offense just looked horrible for three straight weeks now. That's a trend. Darnold's play is absolutely killing DJ Moore's value, despite how hard the Panthers are trying to get him the ball in unusual ways, including by handing the ball off to him in the backfield. It's probably too late to sell DJ Moore. All you can kind of do is hope for better days, but I think PJ Walker might be starting for this team soon, and that is not good news for Moore. Broncos versus Cowboys are in another surprising result here for the Cowboys, but most of their skilled players were banged up, including their quarterback. Still, I didn't see this coming from the Broncos' defense a week after losing Von Miller to a trade. I'm going to chalk this one up to noise due to all the injuries. What isn't noise is Jerry Judy's involvement in the Broncos' passing game. Judy still lagged behind Cortland Sutton in snaps, but they were essentially equal in routes run. Also, the Broncos got really creative in getting Judy the ball in ways that suit Teddy Bridgewater's arm and game. Jerry Judy isn't going to turn into a touchdown scoring machine all of a sudden, especially not in this offense, but I like him as a strong wide receiver to the rest of the season. Six catches per game seems almost low. It's important to remember that the Broncos were leading most of this game, which explains why they ran the ball 41 times compared to only 28 passes. In a different game script, Judy very easily could have had eight, nine, ten catches. And he kind of looks like a Deontay Johnson type player moving forward. Vikings versus Ravens. Rashad Bateman is coming along, but Hollywood Brown is still the alpha in this offense. Bateman might have the higher touchdown scoring offense down the stretch, but it should be noted that Lamar Jackson had the lowest passer rating in the, NF in the red zone of any NFL quarterback. I don't love hitching my wagon to a Baltimore pass catcher, but Brown needs to be in your lineup, and I think Bateman needs to be rostered just in case that touchdown scoring upside hits. Texans versus Dolphins. Do I have to talk about this? All right, fine. Well, Tyrod looked awful. Maybe they go back to Mills. Who cares? Chargers versus Eagles. Well, it looks like Jordan Howard's here to stay. He's done. He has done his damage against Detroit and the Chargers, which are two of the worst run defenses. But he could be used in a pinch while Sanders remains out. Also, Devonta Smith has obtained alpha status. Looked awesome in this game. But he is hampered by a low passing volume offense and a below average passer. That means he will have highs and lows. Still, his route running makes it very easy to hurt for Hurts to get him the ball a lot. Just remember that Philly only passed the ball 17 times in this game. And the game ended 27 to 24 and was never really an extremely positive game script for Philly. In fact, I don't think it ever was. 
So 17 times in a game like this is not a great sign for Smith moving forward. Packers versus Chiefs. I won't deny that the Packers have been a very good defense, but still only 13 points for the Chiefs. Chiefs just can't get Tyreek Hill the ball consistently. Hill had 11 targets, but only caught four for 37 yards. The Chiefs are therefore forced to throw to guys like Nicole Hardman six times a game, and Hardman's awful. Mahomes passing has been erratic at times, sometimes due to pressure, sometimes due to drops, and sometimes due to just downright inaccurate passes. He's pressing. I told you two weeks ago that we needed to downgrade the Chiefs offense. You can't stop starting guys like Hill and Kelsey because they might turn it around, but I would not blame you for benching Mahomes in tougher matchups. He has not been matchup proof by any means this year. Don't drop him, but you know, just think about him. He's not an auto start anymore. Cardinals versus 49ers. Okay, there's a few injuries to talk through, so let's hit them fast. First, Chase Edmonds twisted an ankle and could miss a week or two. James Conner becomes an RB1 without Edmonds in that backfield. Also, I'm not interested in Eno Benjamin. Second, George Kittle returned and looked fantastic. He was allegedly going to be on a snap count, but he only missed eight total snaps, which is exactly what his season average was. You got to fire him up moving forward because he looks like he's finally healthy. Brandon Ayuk finally got involved again. He ran 100% of the routes for the second straight week, and this time he fully delivered. He's a fine play in the future, I think. Lastly, Elijah Mitchell was fighting a rib injury all week in practice, but it didn't affect his typical playtime. The 49ers scared us by activating Jeff Wilson, but he actually didn't play. Mitchell didn't have a great day, only running the ball eight times, but he kind of compensated with that with uh, five targets. The 49ers were in an immediately negative game script after Arizona scored on two of their first three drives. That changed the San Fran game script. They clearly also wanted to limit Mitchell's touches in the running game due to the injury. So I think the uh, game script and, and that injury forced them into a heavy passing game, which is unusual for San Fran. I still believe Mitchell has a stranglehold on the RB1 role for this offense until I see otherwise. Titans versus Rams. A.J. Brown had another one of those frustrating games where he gets targeted a ton, but doesn't do a ton with it. He did occasionally have Jalen Ramsey on him, so there's that, but... He had a couple of those awful drops like he was doing earlier in the year. I will note he was open on a fade route to the end zone that would have resulted in a touchdown had Tannehill placed the ball better. He threw it about four yards out of bounds. I still don't think the re return of Julio had any effect on it as Brown clearly out-targeted Jones 11-4. Moving forward, I think Brown seems fine. Meanwhile, in a post-Derrick Henry world, I liked what I saw out of Adrian Peterson. Peterson was in on almost all the green zone plays, and he scored a touchdown late at the game, in the game. I was actually pleasantly surprised to see that he ran seven routes. Uh, McNichols, the running back many believed would be the pass-catching back, actually only ran 12 routes. McNichols was in on more passing plays for blocking purposes, but he wasn't particularly good at that. It's important to remember that Peterson arrived to the team on Wednesday, and pass-catching duties were probably likely low on the priority list as they got him up to speed. I think Peterson will have value on this team specifically. I added him for free basically anywhere I could, and I, I'm kind of optimistic after this game. I think his role is only going to expand. All right, well, thanks again for watching. I uh, appreciate it. Again, I'm Nate Henry, and go win some fantasy championships.
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co 